Welcome to Ask, Seek, Knock. This is brother. Shoot, sorry. Oh, what was that? That's my ringtone. <laughs> Silence our phones before we begin the podcast. No, um, so uh, that's obviously, you know, what we were going to talk about today. Um, Bring me to life, Jesus. <laughs> that's the name of the song. Bring me to life from ashes to new. And it inspired Brother Felipe. In a very special way. Um, so there's one time I had something I call spiritual OCD. It was like I was in a chapel. I just like kept tapping my finger on the pew, scratching my head, like looking around. I just couldn't stay still. And at the end of the day, I was thinking about this and like this one verse came to mind and it was be still and know that I'm God. I'd heard it a before, like in homilies and reflections and things like that. But it just came to me in the moment, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, I looked it up in the Bible, and it's Psalm 46, verse 10. And the more I read that psalm, like I read it once, and I read it again and again and again. And I just couldn't, like, move. Like, I, I just felt captivated by it. And it led me to this reflection, which has a lot to do with the sermon. And, it, like, the simple point of this podcast is to let go and, and let God be God, and and in that way, let our desires meet with His desires, and to let His desires become our own desires, not in the sense of like us forcing our desires upon Him, but what He wants becoming what we want. Yeah, let me read part of that that Psalm really quick, um, just so that we can kind of have that that reflection present with us, like like Brother Felipe was was mentioning. Um, so Psalm forty six says, "Come and see the works of the Lord, who has done fearsome deeds on earth." who stops wars to the ends of the earth, breaks the bow, splinters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. So I think it's that be still and know that I am God. Which at first thought I was like, ah, you know what? I, re- I remembered, if you, if you remember as well, Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, he says, to the waters be still right there's that passage where he's sleeping on the boat and the apostles they're they're sailing jesus asleep on the boat and there's a storm and the apostles wake him up and they're like master don't you care that we're perishing and jesus says to the waters be still so i was like oh wow there's a similarity here but then i did something daring and i, I dared to go to the latin <laughs> the latin roots of the word uh, in the the Vulgate, which is the Latin translation of the Greek translation, which we won't go into that, but just know it's an old text. And when Jesus says to the waters, "Be still," he says, "Ob muteshere," which means like be quiet, like ob, ob, ob mute yourself. I don't, I don't even know if that's English, but I'm trusting Brother Maximilian's mute, expertise. Least, yeah, mute, <laughs> mute yourself. You know, you get the idea. I think. It's... So he says to the waters, "Be quiet." But in, in the psalm, when it says, be still and know that I'm God, it's not the same word. It's vacare, which, uh, which means to not be containing, to be free from blank, to not be holding on to something, to be ownerless, to have time, to be available, to be idle. So 
that changes the the meaning of be still and know that I am God in a lot of beautiful ways, right? And even more when it says be still and know that I am God. In, in Latin, it says be still and see that I am God. So if you take all those meanings, you, you could get something like do not be containing and see that I am God. Be free from blank and see that I am God. Do not be holding on to blank anymore and see that I am God. Be ownerless and see that I am God. Have time and see that I am God. Be idle and see that I am God. So, like, what could this mean, right? Like, what is, what is, what is God trying to tell us with this psalm? And I think we find a lot of clarity with two very beautiful examples in the gospel according to Luke chapter 10. And it's Martha and Mary. The famous passage where Martha and Mary are preparing a feast for Jesus. And Mary sits at the feet of Jesus to listen. And Martha is like, what happened? You just ditched me. So Mary must have read Psalm 46 verse 10. Because she just sat before Jesus at his feet and listened. Right? She was literally still and knew that he was God in the moment. She was free from something. Right? And that what she was free from was work. <laughs> it was the work that Martha was doing. And that's why Martha got mad at her. Because she was her right-hand woman and she just ditched her. She probably had, like, she'd probably split, like, half of the responsibilities with Mary. And was like, you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden she looks over and she's not doing anything anymore. So imagine Martha, no? She's like, what, you, you just ditched me. <laughs> like, what, what, what's wrong with you, no? And that's why she tells Jesus... Lord, do you not care that Mary is not helping me? Tell her tell her to help me. Martha must have, maybe she read Psalm 46 verse 10 before Jesus got there, but probably didn't understand it the same way Mary did. And Jesus looks into her eyes and he, he sees beyond her anxiety, you know, with this logistic stuff, which is, I mean, normal, right? Everyone can have some sort of Practical concern. Yeah, practical concern, you know, especially <laughs> if, you've, if you've got cakes in the oven, if you've got drinks waiting, whatever. That's fine. But Jesus sees more and he sees into her heart and he sees that she's not still in her heart. He sees that there's something she's holding on to, right? Because thanks to our little Latin study, we know there's a lot, there's a little bit more meaning behind be still, right? And if she's not still, Jesus sees that there's something she's holding on to that there's something that's become an owner over her. There's something she's containing. And at the same time, it's something that's like, because it's become the owner of her, it's like, it's taking control of her a little bit. And it's something she's not free from. So what could this be? All right, go back to that original verse. Be still and know that I am God. Beyond the practical things, to have control over practical things, Martha's problem, and our problem as well, even in our own discernment, and this is where they were, the podcast begins, is that we seek to have total control, absolute, like ultimate control over our lives, over the way things turn out. And the problem there, Martha's problem and our problem, is that that's not our role. That's God's. And more than that, I think it, it's that's what causes the anxiety of Martha there is, is that she's, you know, in her heart, she's not still. And I guess we're we're not trying to say not to, you know, worry about anything or not to work or something like that, but, but to realize that even like, you know, I don't know, even like the most active work can come from a heart that is still. And in fact, in a, in a person who is really in touch with, with the Holy Spirit and allowing God to work in their heart, 
uh, it does flow from that, that stillness of heart. And so, and so what we want to talk about here is that in our discernment, we can allow God, or rather we need to be still in our hearts in order to allow God to work his good work in our lives. Yeah, as you were speaking, I, I just remembered a phrase. I don't know which, which saint said it. I've seen so many different memes or pictures with the phrase that has like a different saint at the end. Um, but it goes, pray as if everything depended on God and, and work or act as if everything depended on you. And the key there is not that what Brother Max was saying. The key there is not that you don't do anything anymore and that you just isolate yourself in prayer or that you take everything upon you and you forget that it's God's work because that, that was actually Martha's problem. But the point there is that there's a difference between doing things aware that God has complete control and doing a lot of things aware that God has complete control. And then there's a di- and that's different from doing things not really caring about this reality that God does have complete control. Now, there's a, there's a big difference between one and the other. Uh, one <laughs> leads you to more anxiety. <laughs> and it's usually the one where you, you don't really care or you sort of know that God has control over this in the end. But really, really like in your heart, like you're you're taking that position. There's a big difference. If you, if you if you do things, if you're in your discernment, if you're actively discerning, meaning like with your life, with your decisions, uh, they sort of match up with your discernment and, and you're, you're living like that. And you're aware that God has complete control of this in the end. And, and you, you live like that. There's a lot of peace. And I've seen it in, in a lot of religious, uh, a lot of even like brothers here who, who just wear this smile. Sorry, I shouldn't say where they, they actually have this smile because they know that, that God is their loving father and they're in his hands and everything they do is is from him, comes through him, is by his grace and he's guiding them. Yeah, and I think any good discernment, you know, on any level, um, you know, so vocational discernment or even just maybe an, another more simple decision that you need to make, I think it's it's really only best made when it, it's flowing from that peace of heart and that, that being still, that be still and know that I am God that we've been talking about. Um, uh, that's where, you know, I guess a good discernment, I guess a discernment that I'm comfortable with or that I trust. And you realize like, yeah, those better decisions I've made, you know, I've usually been in moments where it came from a, a peace of heart rather than from like an agitation or anxiety or worry and like you just kind of do something, you know. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. And uh, yeah, to really let God work through you. In the Random Christie Movement and Legionaries of Christ, which is our congregation, um, we have kind of a dual value of, uh, we call it contemplative and evangelizing. The idea there is is that we're both contemplatives and evangelizers. Um, we have a, a deep spirituality, but at the same time, it's it's one that we're trying to make, you know, a conscious effort to to share with other people. And really that, you know, that evangelization flows from that contemplative spirit and that contact with God. So there we can see that, you know, there's both of those there because the contemplation, of course, comes from that stillness of heart and or rather it happens within that stillness of heart. Um, but then also the evangelization also flows from that same um, stillness of heart and that that encounter with God in our heart. 
And that's really, you know, what leads to a fruitful apostolate um, and what kind of gives us the strength to, you know, keep going and that and that evangelization. So no, there it kind of helps me to see that, you know, externally speaking, it doesn't matter so much uh, whether it's, you know, time to do something or time to time to pray. Obviously, you know, we need both. But if they both flow from that stillness of heart, um, you know, we see saints who were both incredibly active and incredibly contemplative. And, um, you know, they were both or they were all saints. So yeah, I was I was thinking right now, whenever I hear the word contemplation, I think of like prayer, just like a monk mode sort of attitude. Like like it's it's those moments where you're praying and you're, you're dialoguing with God and, and you're you're in conversation with him. And, and evangelizing really is just going out to bring that the message that Jesus is risen, that he's the Lord, that he loves you infinitely, that his mercy is completely open to you, and, and he wants you back. You know? So there's like this, like, like, Brother, like Brother Max was saying, there's this dual aspect, not only in our lives as legionaries of Christ or for members of the Redham Christi movement, but just as, as Christians, you know, like there's like this, if, if you're really living your faith or if you're starting to live your faith, there is this sort of like desire to be with God and then there's this desire to bring people to God. And that's the contemplative and evangelizing aspect. And this, like this whole idea, this whole reflection that, you know, like like letting God be God, like being still and knowing that he is God, it applies to both in that in your prayer, that's where it happens, no? Like you, you become still and you, and, you, and you know that he is God. You place everything before him and, and you let him be God. And then in your in your work as well, not just like your work as in like the, the place where you work, but in, in your life, you know, and that effort to bring people to God, that's also where he works. I've seen so many times in, in parishes, people who who are who serve in the church a ton, like they're, they're ushers, they're Eucharistic ministers, they're teaching CCD, they help out with the youth group, like they're everywhere. And, and it happens often that these people at, at some point fall in love with doing things for God rather than falling in love with God more, <laughs> which, and they're not to blame because let's be honest, God's business is, is super interesting. <laughs> like, like doing things for God is, is, is great. And, and above all, even like when you're discerning your vocation, it's amazing <laughs> to go really deep into into what God has in, plan, in, in store for you. But it's important to not lose sight of God, right? To to get so distracted with the gift that you forget the giver. I don't know if Brother Felipe was going to go towards this and say this in a second, but uh, but it really just sparked this memory of this of this quote in my mind. Um, and it comes from a, a holy cardinal that was uh, many years in kind of the concentration camps in Vietnam named Cardinal uh, Nguyen Van Thuan. And one of his better known quotes is when he was in that that camp and he realized, you know, I can't do anything like I can't serve my people. I can't like do all this work that, you know, I'm supposed to be doing as cardinal or as bishop. You know, what do I do? Uh, I guess at that time he was only bishop. He wasn't cardinal yet. But anyways, and his big light there was God's reminding me that I need to pay more attention to the God of works rather than just the works of God. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's kind of what Brother Felipe was talking about here. Like, all right, well, what's more important here? The God of works or the works of God? And sometimes we can be really attached to the works of God, but the works of God are not God. Going back to the reflection, one of the possibilities, as we saw, 
for be still is to be ownerless, right? To be free from something. And I would just like to point out that the need to have total control over things, the need to have absolute ultimate control over your life is something that almost enslaves you. <laughs> it, and it, it, it almost like locks you in and it, it's, it's hard to latch out of on your own. And, and it, it's exactly why like Martha wasn't free from it. No, like, and it's something that you hold on to. And it's at the same time, just like the translation is, it's something you can also hold on to and it's hard to let go of. So what would the symptoms be? That I leave you for your own diagnosis. <laughs> but I would just throw out these simple questions. If you have a million things to do every day, is it possible that you have underneath it all this need, this, this great need, quote unquote need, to be in ultimate control over your life, right? That underneath all of the million things you do, is it possible that you forgot that you're not the one who has ultimate control over your life, that, that God does, that he actually loves you <laughs> infinitely and he's guiding you and, and he's providing for you and that everything that you do comes from his help and, and it's only by his help that, that these things happen, that these things come, come out well that your discernment is coming along, that it's it's going the way it's going. Is it possible that underneath it all, you've forgotten that God is in charge and, and that it's not, our, it's not our role to have that ultimate steering wheel of our lives? All right, so moving on to the other thing that we wanted to talk about today, and then we'll wrap up. But uh, really, we wanted to, you know, it goes along with this, uh, mention, you know, when we're trying to let God work in our lives, we really have kind of these two things at play. We have kind of what God wants and we have at the same time what we want. And sometimes these things, I don't know, can be kind of confusing, maybe even seem to clash, you know, within us. And I know this is like very evident in vocational discernment. What is the place that we give? Uh, that's kind of what I want to think about right now um, to, to our desires and God's desires and kind of what value, what value do they have? And the first thing I want to say is that we have to pay attention to both of them. And both of them are extremely important. But we also have to realize that our our desires are not the will of God. And, you know, obviously, so God's desires are obviously always going to be more important than ours. However, I don't think we can live any vocation or any, uh, yeah, state in life without somehow desiring it ourselves. So, you know, you can't really do without either one of them of course but then we have like those deep down desires um that we also have to be attentive to and uh that's that's where i would say that we need to find that peace and kind of reconciliation between our desire and god's desires because it can be a temptation i think to kind of mute one of them that's a really easy thing an easy thing to do and it's like kind of the easy way is like either say like God's desires, uh, let me just kind of like, don't think about it, you know? It's like, oh, you know, the normal thing to do at my age is is go and, and do X or Y and whatever. Or on the other hand, you know, I think it has happened, you know, especially for some in, in religious life. Like, it can be a temptation just to like, not think about what I desire and, or just kind of like, not know what I desire. And um, and really, no, I don't think that's just, you know, those in religious life. I think actually now in our culture, it's really prevalent. This like, mm -hmm. just like not knowing, not knowing like what I want. And I think that's, you know, 
a big problem. Um, it's it's kind of like, you know, I'll make a decision, you know, when I'm, you know, in my thirties, um, or I'll I'll see, you know, push off decisions um, and stuff. And you know, not to say that everyone, you know, you know, everyone has their own time for things. So it's not to judge anyone or anything like that. But I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at here is just trying to put things, give things the priority that they that they need to have. So God's desires, our, our desires, and are they are they superficial, surface level desires, or are they really deeper desires? And then with those deep desires, and then on the other hand, with God's desires, how do those fit together? And I think this is really something that we have to take to prayer and that we, we need to go deeper in just to have a little bit more clear, you know, um, you know, what is God asking me and what are the deepest desires of my heart and, and to be attentive to that and like what what ways are they are they leading me and and how are they you know compatible because i guess coming from someone who's had some experience in religious life i've seen some struggle with people who who kind of try to you know not pay attention to their desires and just kind of say like no this is what god wants and you know what i want doesn't really matter and i think you know in some cases that can lead to being that you know bitter old priest or that bitter old religious um because really it's, it, what is it? It's, and maybe, you know, you're even right about that. You're right about what God wants from you. You're right that, that you're called to be a religious or a priest. But maybe it's not really reconciled with what you wanted. Or maybe you, you didn't put that effort or that attention into learning, you know, to want what God wants. And instead kind of just put it aside like it didn't matter. And, you know, that's, I don't know. That's just a recent reflection I think that I've had that, you know, it says in the catechism about prayer that prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. Uh, and that's just kind of the image that comes to mind here. Our vocation, you know, like a a prayer kind of on the meta, on the meta level, <laughs> our vocation <laughs> is like, um, you know, a prayer that, that is offered to God. And uh, it's it's that encounter of God's thirst with ours and they come together and so we can't just ignore you know one of them you know otherwise you know it's really not it's not a true prayer it's not a true vocation being lived you know in it's in its fullest sense um so anyway I don't know if that makes sense to you just a kind of reflection of mine um uh, you know as a lot of these podcasts they're really just <laughs> reflections of brother brother Felipe and my reflections and that we wanted to just share with you because we're passionate about discernment and, yeah. and about giving our perspective, our millennial perspective, you know, just trying to do what we can to, um, yeah, give others that perspective and let them, I know, maybe maybe it'll help someone. Maybe um, it can help some of you. Maybe it can help, you know, us just from reflecting on it and thinking about it, maybe. So how do you discover these des- these desires, these deep desires that come from within you that, that have a lot to do with your identity, right, with your vocation? How do you even become aware of them? Here's, here's three tips. One, think about death, when you're going to die, and realize that you're going to die. Second, pray. Third, get in touch with people who suffer. The first one, death. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. No, like, like, it's funny because we live our lives every day as if we think, like, just, like, assuming that we're going to live tomorrow. <laughs> just, like, like, taking it already as an assumption that tomorrow's guaranteed. Um, but if you think about it, it's not, <laughs> right? This, this goes back to the whole, be still know that I'm God thing. That's not our, it's not our position to continue our lives. It's, it's God's. 
Anyway, in this like consideration of death, consider that this world that the people around you will also feel your death and that they that they also will die no <laughs> and if they if they're going to die if they're going to encounter our lord face to face what do you want to do now that both of you are alive what do you want to do how do you want to live your relationship with these people how do you want to live your own life now that you are alive second tip prayer to simply say lord i'm here and i I want you to do what what you want with me Uh, speak to me in whatever way there's this prayer that i love it's really really simple this girl i I knew a long time ago she was like yeah yeah i I love just like saying to jesus use me (laughs) use me jesus and it's it's so beautiful, and, and that's that's really it right there. Lord, Lord, use me, use me in whatever way you want today, and that will lead you as well in your vocational discernment. And also prayer, I think, in the sense of like, in order for all this to happen, in order to really be still and know that I'm God, in order that for that to lead to, you know, evangelizing, you know, it all has to flow from from that prayer. That's kind of the the inner foundation of all of this, which leads, I think, to the the last step, which is getting in touch with people who suffer. I think our, our society, our culture is very individualistic. Uh, and with the whole COVID crisis, it's become even more like that because we, we were isolated from a lot of people. We were forced to be isolated from a lot of people. And, but the more, the more you get in touch with people who suffer, like people who are sick, people who are, I mean, they're not only physically sick, but they're, they're going through tough problems. They're, they're going through these, these, these pains and, and wounds like in their heart. And nobody sees them except you or getting in contact with the poor or getting in contact with uh, sick people in hospitals the more you get yourself in touch with people who who really do suffer the more you just end up asking yourself that question who do I want to be for this person I think I've said it before in a podcast here but Pope Francis says that when it comes to vocational discernment it's not so much a what that we're looking at like what what do i want but it's who do i want to be for this world and like for who am i that's the main question no it's not like what am i here for but it's for who am i so when you come in contact with these people who suffer you're going to get yourself at that level and and then you can bring that to your prayer and and god will give you a lot of light so anyways just some some thoughts reflections this has been ask seek knock thanks for joining us and uh, God bless you. God bless.